It is always an honor for me and a privilege to be with brothers and sisters in Christ. What a wonderful, what a wonderful thing this is. And, and I am certainly thankful for uh, Stephen and Rick for uh, heading this up. You know, I think honestly, it gives us a little glimpse of glory divine because we have people from all over the world and, and uh, we may not know each other personally, obviously, but yet we have one great thing in common, and that is the salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I think that's just a wonderful thing. And so, it, like I say, it's, it's a privilege to be with you today. And, and I just want to focus in here for a moment uh, on uh, some verses from Romans 8. So if you have your Bible or your phone or whatever you want to look at, there's just two verses that I want to uh, zero in on. Uh, in a moment, but it, I, I'm sure that chapter eight is perhaps one of the favorites of uh, many of you, and uh, there's good reason for that. This is one of the great uh, chapters, perhaps in all of Paul's epistles. It could be argued that that perhaps this is one of the greatest. Uh, it, it's sometimes referred to as as one of the colossal chapters of the book of Romans. And when you start reading it, you really understand why uh, it, is, it is given those uh, kinds of accolades, because there's so much here. And uh, it, it, as I was meditating upon what I wanted to share with you, it, it really struck me once again that Romans 8 is a wonderful chapter of reassurances for the believer. In fact, really, that's that's all that chapter 8 is. It's reassuring believers, and of course, in Rome, it was both Jew and Gentile believers, uh, about things that, that perhaps they already knew, but like most of us, they need reassurance, and they need to hear some positive, good things, and, and I know that uh, all of us uh, here in the world in which we live today, we certainly need that, don't we? Uh, and just let me encourage you to go uh, and sometime, uh, maybe today even, or this evening, go back and read uh, Romans 8. Uh, if you need, again, some encouragement, uh, this is a chapter that will do it for you. And so uh, there are basic, basically four uh, main sections or four themes, we could say, that, that are in this particular chapter. It starts out with, Nothing can condemn God's children. In that first verse, great that that where he says that um, nothing uh, can uh, condemn us. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, again, I know uh, that 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 maybe we can't do it here, but maybe later on you can think about it. Go out in your backyard and just give a big shout about that because uh, that that is such a wonderful uh, concept. Nothing, and by the way, no one can condemn uh, those of us who know the Lord and we are his children. There's nothing that can condemn us uh, forever. Well, then he goes on, and the next one is the Holy Spirit guides and helps God's children. The third uh, section is God provides reassurances, uh, excuse me, God's providence uh, provides reassurance for his children. And then it ends with 
Nothing can separate God's children from his love. So notice how it begins and ends. Nothing can condemn us and nothing can separate us. Uh, what a wonderful, uh, encouraging uh, thing this is. And, but I want to zero in on the second section. And tucked away in there is a verse or a couple of verses that speak to the Holy Spirit and what he does. And again, I, I'm not sure that we always understand how significant and important uh, this really is. The Holy Spirit uh, helping us where we need it. Now, again, I'm going to read just two verses, verse 26. Beginning in verse 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so those two verses, uh, again, speak to the fact that the Holy Spirit helps the, the infirmities or the weaknesses of the believers. And those can be various things. It does not necessarily have to be limited to physical things. It could be that and spiritual things as well. And we note two general ideas about that help. First of all, the Holy Spirit helps uh, in a general way the infirmities of the believer. The, again, these are weaknesses in, in, in a general way. And, and by the very uh, nature and, and who the Holy Spirit is, we should say, he helps us because, of course, the word that, 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 that is, uh, represents the Holy Spirit, what does it mean? Well, probably most of you on here know that. It means that he is one who comes alongside and helps us. Isn't that a wonderful truth? And so every time we think about the Holy Spirit, we have one who is there. We have one, by the way, who indwells us and who knows how to help us in times of our weaknesses. And then he goes into the way he helps our weaknesses in a very specific way. And this is what we want to focus on for our purposes, and that is prayer. And what a wonderful verse this is. And I know that maybe you've quoted it often or you refer to it often. But I also know that many of us here, and maybe even most of us, at times have experienced what this verse speaks to. Have you ever come to a point? where we could word it this way. Have you come to a point, maybe through trials or testings in your life, where you would say, I'm all prayed out. There's, there's, I, I don't know that I can pray anything else. I, I, I don't have anything else to say. And, and it's, it's because you just feel prayed out, so to speak. And it's at those moments where the Holy Spirit, who indwells us, who is coming alongside to help us, what is the promise that he gives us in this verse? That when we reach a point in our trials, the trials of life where, where we have prayed, and maybe, you know, by way of illustration, maybe it's, it's a, a wayward child. Maybe it is a family member. Maybe it's a, 
another brother and sister in Christ, and we have prayed, and we've agonized, and we've shed tears to the point where, again, we would say, Lord, I'm all prayed out. I, I don't know what else to say. And the wonderful thing is, folks, at that point, is the fact where he says what? What, do you, what did we read in that verse? For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We will come to points and times in our life where that is true. Not always, but sometimes we will reach that point. And he says that the Holy Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Again, what a wonderful truth that is. And I hope that rejoices your heart. That when you feel all prayed out, the Holy Spirit is still there, and he's still at work. Oftentimes, it may seem like, in, in, again, in, in trials and at points in times, and the difficulties that we go through, that God isn't doing anything. But my friends, just because it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't mean that he's not working. And again, in our prayers, what a wonderful truth that is. The Holy Spirit acts as our intercessor on our behalf, and that, that the idea of groanings is, is a concept that is very difficult for us to define, but what it really means is, is that he intercedes on our behalf, and he utters things for us that are too deep for human words. Now, that's amazing. That, that's just incredible, and so what a, what a wonderful truth that is. He is active on our part. And again, he goes on to um, reiterate that whole intercession idea in verse 27. Now, he who searches the heart knows the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so, again, I want to encourage your hearts that that maybe if you come to the point where you feel prayed out, we need to rely and lean upon the Holy Spirit of God totally. I like what the venerable commentator Matthew Henry said in reference to this verse. Matthew Henry said, there may be praying in the spirit where there is not a word spoken. It is not the rhetoric and eloquence, but the faith and fervency of our prayers that the spirit works as an intercessor in us. That's just a great summary. And again, maybe I'm speaking to brothers and sisters in Christ today, and you're, you're again at that point, and you've prayed, and you've attempted to persevere in your prayers, which we're commanded to do, but the words sometimes just don't come. Well, I want to encourage your heart today to keep on praying, to keep on relying on the Holy Spirit, and within that process, even though the words may not come, if the Lord knows your heart and he knows that you have the, the desire here, the Holy Spirit knows that, and he is going to work, he's going to intercede, and he's going to indeed groan on your behalf. My friends, I think that's a wonderful truth. I think that that should encourage us today. Uh, and again, we have the the assurances and reassurances in this whole chapter. So don't forget that nothing can condemn us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And in the meantime, 
we have a Holy Spirit who indwells us and he's interceding on our behalf and he's helping us pray. What a wonderful truth. May God bless you.